Welcome to the Sioux Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Evan Van Musicum, and today on the program, we're talking to Dave Boxler. He works with the University of Nebraska Extension Service, and it's great to have you here. Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you and your, uh, and your producers and clientele. Well, we're glad to listen. So we're going to talk today about cattle lice. Why should we be concerned about lice infestation? What's really the impact here? Well, the, the impact of cattle ice it can be rather significant. Certainly, they can reduce weight gain, reduce milk production, blood loss, and anemia, and that would be with the sucking lice species. And in some really severe cases, they can actually cause animal mortality. So they are impacting, and there's been a lot of studies that looked at the impact of cattle lice on livestock production, and I know... Um, University of Nebraska and other studies have indicated that heavy lice populations may reduce weight gains by as much as 0.21 pounds per day. And these studies also indicate that calves that are fed on kind of a higher nutrition level had lower lice population numbers and were affected less severely by lice than calves fed on a maintenance ration. So it's important to provide a good feed program for your cattle during the wintertime to help offset the impact of uh, this particular insect. Was there any research or hypothesis why that occurs? Like why would the, if a healthier animal has lice, why the lice population is less? Well, uh, I think that it gives the animal the ability to withstand the, the population a little better. A higher nutritional plane helps reduce the impact of stressors, and, and certainly cattle lice would be a stressor. So it's no different than in humans. When uh, humans aren't getting a good nutritional program, they can be easily uh, affected by certain things, and, and animals certainly can be by ectoparasites. So... A good nutritional plan is very effective and also to offset some of the effect of the uh, cold temperatures uh, that we will experience during the winter time too. So it's prudent to provide a good nutritional program. Dave, do you mind going through and reviewing with me and the listeners about what symptoms that you might see with a lice infestation? Well, certainly uh, one thing uh, you want to look for is rough hair coats and also animals will start to rub and scratch because the irritation of the lice. And you'll often see hairballs on fences, and that's a really a red flag warning that there's something going on with your animals. And then you can also see uh, raw skin where they've rubbed the, the skin raw or rubbed the, the hair off, off the hide. And um, sometimes the hair coat will appear kind of greasy. And then um, you're going to see animals just really irritated and annoyed. So those are some of the things that uh, I tell uh, my livestock producers to look for uh, is the rubbing. And that can occur starting uh, in December, January, certainly, and really be at high levels in, in, in February. So that's when you want to bring those animals in and, and take a look at them to see uh, if a there is a louse uh, problem or there might be something else. So we talked about how like the higher nutritional plane will kind of decrease the severity of the infestation, but what other factors mm -hmm. will increase the size of the infestation or the development of an infestation period? Well, certainly cattle lice uh, are, are a cold weather insect. So as the temperatures start to fall in the wintertime and get super cold, the populations start to increase. You've got uh, longer hair coats, which help support louse infestations. The skin is drier. Then you've got animal crowding at times. 
And sometimes animals that are not getting a really good nutritional program are going to be in poor condition. And that causes uh, lice numbers to really increase rather dramatically, depending upon the species. So what can we do to, to decrease the development or size of an infestation other than treat for lice? Well, naturally, uh, warmer temperatures and sunlight will decrease lice numbers. Uh, as we go through the, the louse season, which will start usually in December and start to taper off in March, and then usually latter part of March you'll see more sunlight and warmer temperatures. And those warmer temperatures really can impact the, the louse uh, development. Uh, an animal that has a, uh, a skin temperature of, of above 100 degrees Fahrenheit really will have a negative impact on louse populations. So that's really what helps uh, reduce populations naturally. And then also a shorter hair coat and then animal grooming and then an increase of sebum secretion from the skin will also decrease cattle louse uh, populations. So we, we talked a little bit about what uh, animal affected by lice will look like, but how do you figure out the severity well, of how bad okay, the infection is? Yeah, that's a very good question. And if you suspect that your animals are uh, infested with, with lice uh, and may have a, uh, a lice problem, the best thing to do is secure the animals in a chute and perform a two-handed hair parting on, say, the top line and the withers and the face. And those three areas will give you a, a pretty good overview of the lice uh, population numbers. Now, when we're talking population numbers or infestation numbers, lice numbers between one and five per square inch is uh, represented as a low population. Six to 10 per square inch represents a moderate population. And if you see those numbers, you might think about treeing uh, in the future. And then if you have more than 10 lice per square inch, that's considered a heavy population and treatment needs to be made immediately on a population number like that. What really helps aid in looking at or for lice is a magnifying glass at times. And then in our part of the world, the Midwest, in our northern states, we generally have four louse species that we deal with. We deal with the chewing louse or the little red louse, and that is Oh, about one to two millimeters in length, and it's reddish-brown in color, and it has some red bands that run transversely across the body. And that particular louse can be found on the, uh, the back and sides and shoulders, and if the population numbers are really, really high, it can be found on any area of the body. And one thing about the chewing louse that makes it real problematic is that it can reproduce asexually so it doesn't need to mate. So numbers can really get out of hand quickly. And sometimes we often see some really high uh, chewing lice numbers. So that's one that you want to look out for. And you can easily see those on the, uh, the sides and the top line. And if you use a magnifying glass, you can really get a really good picture of, of that population. And then we have uh, three species of sucking lice. We have the short-nosed cattle louse, which is the largest of the, of the uh, lice species. It's about three to five millimeters in length. It's a pretty good size. You can see that very easily with the naked eye. And that can be found on the withers of the top of the neck, 
the tailhead and even the pole. And um, I don't see that species that frequently, but uh, occasionally you'll run into it. The next species that you'll find uh, is called the long-nosed catalouse. It's about two and a half millimeters in length, bluish in color, and it has a very distinctive long head, and that gives it its name. So uh, that's one that you can, you'll find, and, and that'll be really located on the withers, the dewlap, the sides, and the belly of the animal, and uh, even can be found on the top of the neck. The last louse species that uh, we really encounter is called the little blue, and that's about the same size as the chewing louse, about one to two millimeters in length. It's bluish in color, and it forms dense patches of adults and eggs on infested cattle, and usually you'll find that on the muzzle area of the animal. And uh, I've seen pictures or actually animals where the muzzle is actually blue in color because the infestation levels are, are so high. So those are the, the species that you'll look for and the techniques that we utilize to, to identify and enumerate the, uh, the lice numbers. What lice control products are available and how do they work? Well, we have some non-systemic synthetic pyrethroid porons, and they work by contact. Some of those non-systemic porons will require one application, and others will require two. So it's important to read the label of the product that you're using, because many times producers will apply, make one application, and that's it. And they'll come back and say, well, it didn't work. If they chose the, uh, the product that requires two applications, you've got to really retreat after 14 days again. So that's important to remember. But those are all contact insecticides. We do have one product that has a synthetic pyrethroid and an IGR, which is an insect growth regulator. And that works uh, as a contact and also it, re it affects the development process of the louse. And it's also uh, ovicidal, or it will kill uh, louse eggs. So it's, it's been used quite a bit as a rescue treatment when other products have failed. And then the products that are used uh, most widely by livestock producers are the indecticides. And normally they will use a poron because it is effective against both the chewing louse and the sucking louse. There are injectable indecticides, and these are a systemic that are absorbed into the animal and goes into the bloodstream. The injectables work best on the sucking louse species. So that's something that uh, you need to, to remember for, for those products. So where's a good place that producers can find more resources on catalase? Producers can access information from their local extension office, their county extension office, uh, any university that has a livestock entomologist. There's a great national website that is actually put together by livestock entomologists, and it's called veterinaryentomology.org. And it not only has great information about cattle lice, but other ectoparasite species that affect livestock. And then lastly, your veterinarian is a great resource for uh, this particular problem. And it, I encourage all livestock producers to set up a, a good relationship with their a veterinarian and have them and have work together on providing and producing a good management system for controlling this particular insect. 
that's all like a lot of great information. I know that that's one of the things I've considered with my own cattle herd is what lice treatment to use and when to apply it and what lice, is it going to be effective or not type of a situation. Yeah. And, and one thing that I might add is a successful louse control program depends on application timing. Many of our, our livestock producers will administer an adecticide treatment at weaning time. And in the Midwest area of our, our country, usually that's late September or October, with intentions of controlling not only cattle lice, but also internal parasites and cattle grubs. But these fall applications may help reduce lice numbers, but they may not totally remove the infestation. And what we've been seeing over the last few years is we've had some very warm extended falls where we've had very warm temperatures well into November. And when you have those warm temperatures, you raise the skin temperature of the, of the animal, which has an impact on the reproduction of, of lice. So if your producers are using this strategy, you may want to monitor your cattle more closely for lice during the months of December, January, and February because you may see uh, a reinfestation over time. So timing is very important when it comes to controlling cattle lice. And then lastly, if replacement animals are brought into the herd during the winter months, they should be examined for lice. And if present, the animals should be isolated and treated before the introduction into the existing herd. Well, that's all great information, Dave. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, uh, I always uh, like to encourage our livestock producers before they apply any insecticide control product or any indecticide product, please read and follow the label instructions. It's very important. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, Dave, for taking the time out of your day to, to talk to us about lice infestation and how to remedy it. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you for the invitation. Well, everyone, thanks for listening and hopefully you found what we talked about today helpful. And if you didn't find it helpful, hopefully you found it interesting.